Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here. This season on Revisionist History, we're looking at the dreaded phrase that no one in Hollywood wants to hear. One that describes the purgatory where once promising scripts go to die. Development hell. I called up everyone I knew in Hollywood and asked them to pitch me a project that broke their heart because it never got made. These stories were so good, and you can hear some of them on Revisionist History. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jacob Goldstein. I used to host Planet Money. Now I'm starting a new show. It's called What's Your Problem? Every week on What's Your Problem, entrepreneurs and engineers describe the future they're going to build once they solve a few problems. I'm talking to people trying to figure out how to do things that no one on the planet knows how to do, from creating a drone delivery business to building a car that can truly drive itself. Listen to What's Your Problem on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coin Bureau podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. When Russia invaded Ukraine back in February, uh, they've started uploading loads of stories, loads of video, photos, other media and stuff. They've started uploading it to Arweave. Oh, wow. so, so you've got this indisputable record of what happens. And that is going to be so, so valuable. Welcome, everyone, to the Coin Bureau podcast. My name is Guy, and your name? Mad Mike Mooch. Welcome. And in this, I, I want to do another two-parter because I want to get uh, – there's quite a, lot of, quite a lot of detail to cover here. So basically, I want to look at the different categories of cryptocurrency because there are over 18,000 cryptocurrencies in existence. Um, we've spent sort of quite a lot of the last few episodes just talking about two of them. Yeah. Now, I guess people might be listening to this and thinking, 
Okay, they're not going to spend sort of north of two episodes on every single one of them, are they? No. So if we categorize them, then we can just go, okay, cool. This is one section, 4,000. This is one section, 1,500. And this is one section, Mingecoin. Yeah, amazing. That was that was part of the thinking. That was part of the thinking. Um, because, yeah, there are so many projects, we can't possibly cover them all. We are going to cover individual projects in future episodes because some of them are... Fascinating. Some, some of them are really fascinating. Some of them are very key parts of the whole crypto ecosystem. Some of them really do merit their own uh, episode. Others, maybe, you know, we might be able to do an episode on a particular group of them or, or whatever. I, but I think really the only ones that sort of merit, you know, two plus part episodes are Bitcoin and Ethereum, which we've already covered. And yeah, I mean, we can't do a three part episode on um, Doge Bonk. <laughs> for instance, <laughs> which when I checked was number 1,386. Okay. Yeah, which is quite high for something just called Dogebonk. Anyhow, I don't think we're going to spend any more time on that. So, yeah, basically, cryptocurrencies fall into a number of different categories. And I think it's really useful to explore what these categories are because I think that's uh, that can aid our understanding of what's, what particular cryptocurrencies can do or, or are designed to do, what their actual place in the whole cryptoverse is, if you like. So we're going to split this episode, as I said, into two parts. Firstly, uh, today, I want to cover the different types of cryptocurrency coins. Yep. And then next week, we'll cover the different types of cryptocurrency tokens. Now, do you remember we have discussed this a couple yeah, of times Yeah, yeah. So right? like, so uh, Bitcoin is a coin yeah and then uh ethereum is a coin ethereum is a coin yeah. but then uh something like dogecoin is off ethereum dogecoin is actually a coin itself but you're you're on the right track yeah basically a coin is a cryptocurrency that lives on its own blockchain yes and then tokens are ones off 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 another blockchain yeah so tokens are cryptocurrencies that are built hosted on on another blockchain yeah that's that's the sort of key difference that's the that's the easiest way to think about it and yeah coins are generally a lot it, it's it's much more of an undertaking to build a cryptocurrency coin because you have to it has to have its own blockchain so it's a completely sort of standalone project, whereas a crypto token, as we found out in the episodes on Ethereum, can be can be built on another blockchain like Ethereum, for instance, fairly easily. And as I said, you only need you only really need a bit of coding knowledge and and you can. Bretcoin. Bretcoin. Bretcoin is a coin uh, uh, done by a comedian, a New York comedian. It's and, a token. Oh, sorry. Yeah, correct. Yeah. A token. But this is yeah, this is this is kind of this is what can be quite confusing and I, and I want to sort of try and, and and clear this up for people because yeah so so often it will be referred to as something coin yeah. poo, poo coin minge coin whatever it is and it's important to 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 understand that distinction just because it says coin in the title doesn't necessarily mean it is just because it says fat free doesn't mean it's good for you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that explains it beautifully. So yeah, so yeah, Brettcoin is is obviously a, a token built for for a, a particular comedian. Yeah, I think basically you're essentially investing in him and how well he does. And uh, I, I don't know. I saw it on a podcast. He seemed like a funny guy. Okay, I lumped him. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky, cheeky ton. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Let's see. I'll I'll look out for Brett. Not financial advice. Not financial advice. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Well done. 
So, um, yeah. So, okay. So we're going to cover coins in this episode and then we're going to cover tokens next week. Now, this list of categories, it isn't exhaustive because kind of new types of cryptocurrency, token especially, are emerging as, as the sector develops. So we're not going to cover all of them in these two episodes because otherwise we will be getting a little bit exhaustive. Um, but these are enough to be getting started with. And um, especially the ones that we're going to cover today, um, especially the early ones are sort of very... Most of them are quite sort of large buckets, if you like. So quite a few cryptocurrency coins fall into the categories that we're going to look at today. And towards the end of the episode, we're going to look at some coins that actually are sort of generally there are more tokens than coins in that particular category, and that will kind of bleed into the next episode. So believe it or not, Mike, quite a lot of thought has gone into structuring this. It isn't, uh, it isn't just a sort of, you know... Guy, I wouldn't expect thing. anything else from you. Okay. If it was the the reverse... <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean you've, you've thought this through? <laughs> if it was me, we'd just be kind of winging it, and it would be a lot of, like, on-air research <laughs> being done. <laughs> Yeah, let me just uh, let me just have a look on Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was right. Yeah, um, so like course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that uh, with that introduction out of the way, let us get into part one. So, as I said, we've looked at the difference between a coin and a token. So let's look at the first category of coins, which is store of value coins. Is this like? Uh, um, uh, Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was, I was actually going to say, um, um, you know, the, the dollar one. Um, oh, no. So that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, that, that's not to be confused with stable coins. Stable coins. And actually, weirdly, here's, an, you know, the, here's another sort of uh, instance where um, the, uh, the, the name can be a bit misleading. Stable coins are tokens. Oh. Yeah. Again, yeah, I suppose because there is no blockchain really for it. It's kind of offered offered something. Well, they run on they run on other blockchains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're representations of 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 assets. But I thought because it was like kind of a store of value because a lot of people use them to buy other coins. Then, but yeah, I I know what you mean. I suppose yeah, I suppose stable coins can be said in a way to be a to to be a store of value in that you you know you can hold you, you can. You can insulate yourself from the natural volatility of crypto um, by uh, yeah. It's I think they they fall into a slightly different category. I mean that they fall into their own category, and I think also as well they fall into the category a little bit that we're going to look at next. But I take your point. But anyhow, uh, cryptos these these store of value coins, and really I'm talking pretty much about Bitcoin only. Bitcoin is pretty much the only one we need to concern ourselves with. Yeah, the gold standard. Cryptos are, these store of value coins are designed to hold or increase their purchasing power over time. Now, this is an important, that, that, that term purchasing power is, is an important phrase because it's different from price. And this is what a lot of people forget when, you know, sometimes you you mention Bitcoin as a store of value to some people and they'll go, well, how can it possibly be a store of value when When its price is so is so volatile? And certainly in the short term, that's that's a fair point. But purchasing power, as I said, is different from price. Regular fiat currencies, as we've talked about before, they lose around two to three percent of their purchasing power every year Mm. because governments keep Printing, printing more money. of them, yeah. yeah. And, and as it's the probably su- going to go 
up from two to three percent. Really, yeah. I mean, inflation at the moment, and yeah, this is. I mean, this is what this is the result. Inflation um, is is just running hot at the moment, and this is uh, well. We've talked about this in the previous episode when we talked about the fact that the crypto markets are taking such a hammering, and the global economy as a whole because interest rates are going up in an attempt to try and tame this runaway inflation. So yeah, when when inflation happens, when the, when the money supply is inflated, your money doesn't go as as far. It doesn't buy as much. So the the pounds in our pockets today won't buy as much as they would have bought a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um so their purchasing power has decreased. Now as I said, the principal store of value coin, the principal coin, uh, cryptocurrency coin uh, to preserve purchasing power is, of course, Bitcoin. And the reason it does this so well and will do so well over time is because it was designed with this 21 million coin limit. Yeah. Uh, so its purchasing power can't be inflated away. We can't just create more, more and more of There's them. There's a yeah. finite amount. Yeah. And this is why Bitcoin or BTC, you know, the coin that lives on the Bitcoin blockchain, this is why it's sometimes referred to as digital gold. Mm. So, yeah, this is this is what purchasing about. This is what store of value is all about. And that's what that phrase means when you when you hear it referred to. Um, so, yeah. Bitcoin is the main store of value coin. Its purpose, very much, very much the reason that Satoshi uh, designed it, was was for a form of money that couldn't just you couldn't just print more and more and more of it as you wanted. It, it retained its purchasing power, and that is why so many people are hodling, so many people are stacking sats at the moment because they know that the pounds, the dollars, the euros, the yens, whatever it is in their pockets, is devaluing over time. It won't be as worth as much in a few years time, whereas Bitcoin, we're pretty confident will be. Now, as a bit of a side note, I should also say that Bitcoin was also designed to act as a payment network too. And it does kind of serve that function. Even it's now. not, not uh, well, with the lightning stuff, apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and like, it's more for big things. Where where you can wait ten fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't really it doesn't really function that well as a payment network because of those factors that we looked at in in when we talked about Bitcoin specifically. You know, the fact that it has this quite small block size, fairly fairly long transaction times, only around seven transactions per second, which is far too slow for a regular payments network. Mm. Um, and yeah, so for this reason, it. I mean, people do transact with it, but it's generally functioning more and more these days as a store of value. People yeah. don't. People tend to hodl more than actually more than actually spend. Um, and as you said, if the Lightning Network takes off, then we could see Bitcoin used more for payments. Um, but until that point, it is more of a store of value. Mm. And. I don't know. I think there's a kind of there's a, there's a sort of split in the Bitcoin community. I think some people are very very keen for it to for it to become this payments network, for it to completely replace fiat currencies, and other people see it more you know see, see it more its potential as a way to protect your protect your purchasing power, yeah. you know, protect the value of your money in, 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 into the future. And as I said, there aren't really any other notable cryptocurrencies in this niche but i mean it's a pretty bitcoin is you know there ain't room for there ain't room for bitcoin and anything else in this niche so 
That is the first category of cryptocurrency coin. Let's now move on to the next, which is payment coins. Now, this one is a bit of a spin-off from the whole store of value uh, sector. And there are a few coins in this. Some of the coins that I've put in this category could be a little controversial. Is this is this uh, one of these weird uh, classifications, sort of like a platypus duck? Is it a mammal? <laughs> Is it a is you know it lays eggs? Is it a, is it a mammal or is it a bird? Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. You you could perhaps have that. That that could be that could the be. anomaly. Some of these may be. Yeah, I right. Th- reel them off. What are we talking? Certainly, some people will disagree with me. Well, I think the two main ones in this category are Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. Mm-hmm. So LTC and BCA. Is Litecoin off mm-hmm. Ethereum? No, Litecoin is uh, was copied. Litecoin's code was copied from Bitcoin's. Okay. So it's it's designed very much like Bitcoin. But do you remember when we talked about altcoins um, a few weeks ago? Now uh, we did talk about Litecoin because it's one of the earliest yeah. earliest altcoins. It was designed as a sort of lighter. Bitcoin. Yeah. So it's Litecoin blocks are produced more frequently, and they they generally it generally works better for payment. Is it still top ten? Litecoin? No, it's still. I I think it's sort of around the top twenty. It might just mm. be sort of below. You know, definitely top thirty. I think. Yeah. So it's still around, and it's still. I mean, again, when is XRP? Yeah, we're going to come to XRP okay. in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, the thing about Litecoin is that it does kind of function as a payment coin. And again, I've talked about this before, but when you see companies sort of adopting crypto so often, uh, you know, as a form of payment um, and PayPal is a good example, um, you so often, you know, it's, it's usually the- Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then more often than not, Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. And of course, we remember Bitcoin Cash. This was a this was the hard fork, the fork of Bitcoin, up. the whole fork up exactly. And when they were having this huge argument over block size and Bitcoin Cash, kind of as the name suggests, is is designed to function a bit more like cash, so it has bigger blocks, faster transaction times. So, those two are, I would say, the main payment coins, the main coins in this particular niche. And as you flagged up before, and this is something that I noted down. Don't get these confused with stable coins, okay. which we will talk about in the next episode. Uh, yeah, so as I said, both of these, uh, both Litecoin and Bitcoin, are uh, Bitcoin Cash are uh, are based very much on Bitcoin's original code, but with some adjustments to make it to make them basically faster and more sort of payment friendly, if you like. Another one that I'd like to include in this niche is Dash. Again, which we talked yeah. about in the altcoin one. Uh, and Dash, well, as the name suggests, uh, it was designed to act like digital cash. So I think Dash is still actually quite popular for crypto payments in certain parts of the world. I think Dash is quite... It, not to be confused with DigiCash. Not to be confused with your favorite DigiCash. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I wonder if we can get you sponsored by DigiCash. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'll write to David Chow. Okay. Um, so... Dash also kind of falls into the privacy coin niche a little bit. A little. Uh, yeah. Not like <clears throat> Monero. Not like Monero. No. No, which we'll talk about in a minute. Now, there are two other coins that I've put into this bracket. And these ones, I think, could be a little controversial. I think people could disagree with me in this. Um, and if you do, then please... Suck eggs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> 
If you do, don't you dare. No, um, if you do, yeah, please let me know. Um, so I would say that two other coins in this niche would be Ripple's XRP and yep. Stellar's XLM. Ah. Now, both Ripple and Stellar, and remember, these are these are the projects themselves, not the coins. Yep. But both Ripple and Stellar are designed to be payment networks. Mm. So they make it easy for individuals and mostly really institutions. I enjoyed your video on, uh, on on these guys at Davos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah that that was interesting, wasn't it? Mm. That was it. And and actually, like Rip, companies like Ripple, you know, they they are sort of very corporate focused. Yeah, yeah. So they they do have very good connections with with the with the elite, mm. with the Wef. global elite, <laughs> with the WEF. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it makes the I think it makes the World Economic Forum sound less scary if you call it the WEF. Mm, I, I think don't if know. you called it the WEF, it would sound a bit. You know, it's a bit like the Wefwaffer. The Wefwaffer. <laughs> the Wefferum. Um, so yeah, Ripple and, and Stellar—they're they're kind of corporate focused, really. But they make—they basically make it easy for institutions to transfer value across borders, so you can bypass things like foreign exchange costs and things like that. So their their networks are payment networks. Now. I would argue that this means XRP and XLM, which are the native coins of these networks, function as a form of payment coin, albeit in a slightly different way to the likes of Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, etc. Because I would say that they facilitate the exchange of value between two parties. And that, to me, is payment. Is a payment, yeah. Now, plenty of people would disagree with me on this because this is crypto after all, isn't it? They would say, I think, uh, one of their arguments would be that XRP and XLM are kind of bridge currencies. They just facilitate payments. They're not payment coins per se. And they would definitely have a point in that respect. Um, and there's also the argument that Ripple and Stellar are kind of actually rivals to the likes of Ethereum in a way. They're networks, but rather, th but whereas Ethereum is designed for smart contracts, Ripple and Stellar are designed for payments. So they're not sort of payment cryptocurrencies per se. Now, again, I think this argument, I think there's, there's a definite, there's, that de argument definitely holds water. But I think for the sake of categorization, I'm going to put XRP and XLM in the payment cryptocurrencies bracket because I, I think they can fulfill that function, albeit in a slightly more nuanced way to the likes of, you know, to the likes of Dash and Bitcoin Cash. All right, on that note, uh, let's take a quick break. we're back with part two welcome back part two is smart for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click granger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman, some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. 
No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jacob Goldstein. I used to host a show called Planet Money. Now I'm starting a new show. It's called What's Your Problem? Every week on What's Your Problem? Entrepreneurs and engineers describe the future they're going to build once they solve a few problems. How do you build a drone delivery business from scratch? Our customers, they want us to do this unbelievably reliably in the storms, no matter what, and hundreds of times a day. How do you turn a wild dream about a new kind of biology into a $10 billion company? We didn't have a particular technology. We didn't have a way of making money. <laughs> um, it was a great way to start a company. <laughs> I highly recommend what could, what could go wrong? <laughs> How do you sell millions of dollars worth of dog ramps for wiener dogs in the middle of a pandemic? We're working with... 400 influencers and a majority of them are actually not a person but it's actually a dog (laughs) i can tell you right now the dog ramp guy has some very interesting problems listen to what's your problem on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hi there i'm bob pittman chairman and ceo of iHeartMedia. i'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast math and magic stories from the frontiers of marketing Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless, from the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic. I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to A Bit of Optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Contract Cryptocurrencies. Now this 
is a pretty big niche and it includes a lot of the biggest cryptocurrencies out there. And we're familiar with smart contract blockchains because we have, after all, had four episodes about Ethereum now. Four, so if yeah. we're not familiar with those who haven't been paying attention. So we know that these act as platforms on which to build decentralized applications or dApps. So the native coins of these platforms are used to pay network fees, i.e. to pay miners or more commonly now validators uh, for processing transactions on the network. So they're a kind of, I guess, a kind of internal currency for the particular smart contract network we're talking about. And uh, this is there's a fairly long list of coins represented here. And some of, you know, they're some of the most well-known, some of the biggest ones out there. So we've got the likes of Ethereum's ETH. Obviously, that's the most notable. There's Cardano's ADA. There's Solana's Sol. There's Tron's TRX. There's Avalanche's AVAX. There's Algorand's Algo. Near Protocol's Near, Elrond's E-Gold, Hedera's H-Bar, Phantom's FTM, Harmony's One, etc., etc., etc. There are loads of smart contract cryptocurrencies, and especially they're very well represented in the top 100 cryptos mm. by market cap as well. These are some of the biggest crypto projects out there. Now, I'm also going to add a li another little subset to this category, and that in order to accommodate two other big projects, and these are Polkadot and Cosmos. And you'll see Cos uh, Cosmos is now called Cosmos Hub. Everyone calls it Cosmos. And they're, uh, they're native coins, which are Dot and Atom, respectively. Now, Polkadot and Cosmos are similar to the smart contract platforms we mentioned above, but they, they work in a slightly different way. And I'm not going to get too deep into that here. But they're essentially, they're essentially interoperability platforms that... Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> interoperability. Interoperability. They're, they're interoperability platforms that connect other blockchains together. So you don't, you don't kind of build on top of them. You build blockchains that then sort of plug into them. Okay. And hence the, hence the name sort of Cosmos Hub. It kind of acts as a, you know, as a central sort of hub. The spine. You, yeah, like, the, you know, the hub of a wheel and then yeah, you yeah, think of all the these other blockchains. Spokes, as the spokes. Yeah, exactly. And they're sometimes referred to rather than layer ones, which, were all, which are what we call all those other ones, the likes of Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, etc. Those are layer ones. Polkadot and Cosmos, a lot of people think of them more as layer zeros mm. that you then build, can build layer ones on it's top the, of. It's the framework. Yeah, yeah. So you can, I think, for the sake of for the sake of categorization, you can include dot and atom in the smart contract coin bucket. But mm. it is important to draw that distinction. Just to be clear, have you have you categorized these, or is is there some sort of general consensus around all of these? That's a good question. There is there is a lot of general consensus. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because I feel that it can be a little fuzzy sometimes. No, I, I think it's great because it, it's, 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 sometimes you hear a lot of these coins or, or, or tokens and, and um, you, you have no idea what they're about. Yeah. And you, 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 you need to just be able to go, okay, cool. I vaguely know that is something and this is what the, 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 the project is about. Yeah. And it, this is great to sort of go, okay, cool. I, I now know these are the, the main types of things. There's some with gray areas, but it's good. It's, yeah. It's, it's really, uh, <laughs> it really enables you to sort of uh, just have a bigger macro view of, of, of a lot of uh, the, 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 the brands out there. Yeah. I think, I think if, you're, if you're looking at a coin or a token for the first time, 
probably the best thing that you can do is to is, is to first of all think okay what category what does it do yeah what does it do what is its use case yeah uh, because once you've once you've established that then you know you you know certain you've things you've done a bit of research you've done a little bit of research and <laughs> then you can ape into your heart's desire no you can't um but yeah i think it's it, it, it's the first step to understanding what this thing is that you that you're looking at or you know possibly consider and naturally there's going to be maybe some more categories that come up yeah in and the future. yeah if you look on if you go onto something like CoinGecko, there there is a categories tab you get quite a long list and it's a little bit confusing i think often they're categorized via the via the ecosystem often by the layer one that they run well, on yeah, and, all yeah. that sort and of it's, stuff. it's not it's it can be quite techy yeah yeah, and I felt that this would be useful just to try and find, if possible, some quite big categories yeah. um, that we can fit a lot into. And then, obviously, there's there's going to be nuance between every single project. Okay, so the next category of cryptocurrency coins is privacy coins. Yeah, and again, we've touched on these before, uh, and especially Monero, which is obviously Monero, bit, Monero, which is obviously the big one. Now, as if it wasn't obvious, these are coins which preserve user privacy that is that is what they are designed to do so remember that most cryptocurrency transactions aren't as private as many people think uh, this is a common misconception again something we've talked about before most of them can be easily tracked using a blockchain explorer so for instance if i send some bitcoin to you if i send you some btc then that transaction will show up on chain now I might be sending that from a wallet that doesn't have, you know, that doesn't have my name attached to it. So you can't necessarily see who is sending what to whom, but you can track, you can watch those, you know, you can watch those transactions happen. And even if you don't have your real identity attached to your wallet, it can be still linked to you with a bit of detective work. So if you've used a service, for instance, like a cryptocurrency exchange that has some of your personal details, you can be traced when that wallet interacts with that service. Now, this is how a lot of a lot of ne'er do wells, if you like, have been caught out. Mm. You know, you'll get someone demanding some ran, you know a ransomware attack or something like that, demanding payment in in Bitcoin. So, the Bitcoin is is sent to their Bitcoin address. They then got some Bitcoin sitting there. They want to they want to cash out into into fiat, say into dollars, perhaps. They get caught when they're doing that because they have to interact with an exchange which, you know, requires KYC, you know, know your customer, all, all that sort of stuff. So they're often they're often caught out like that. And what you often get is, um, especially in the last few months, we've had a lot of hacks in DeFi and decentralized finance. We've had a lot of DeFi protocols getting hacked. And in some cases, like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of crypto being stolen. And what happens is that crypto then kind of sits there in yeah. these wallets that everyone can see in the attacker's wallet. And the attacker is sort of like, right, I've now got all this crypto. The problem is it can all be traced. So if I try and spend... Even it's kind of like when a paint squib goes off uh, in, 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 a, in an armoured vehicle heist. Yeah. You've got this neon pink cash that you can't really <laughs> yeah, use. It's still sort of it's, legal tender, it. but everyone's sort but of like... But it's kind of like, uh, I don't want to take this... Uh, yeah. That's exactly right. And yeah, so you have these kind of you have this kind of tainted crypto and it becomes very, very difficult to get. And of course, impossible for them to cash out. So obviously, um, privacy coins uh, have sprung up to, to, to 
well, not to fulfil the purpose of making of making bad people bad people's lives easier, but privacy coins, you know, were invented so as people could transact privately. Mm. And as again, as I've said before, like being able to transact privately, I think is really really important yeah. because it's not a case of oh well, if you've done nothing wrong, you've got nothing to hide. It's, you know, your transactions, what you spend your money on. It's a very personal thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very personal, very uh, revealing thing. And I wouldn't want anyone looking at my bank statements, for instance, even Mm. though I've got nothing to hide. You know, my bank statements tell a story about me, which I think should be private. You know, even from the grounds of traceability, I suppose, you know, if you can see that I bought my lunch in Pret-a-Manger on this particular day yeah. you know it's it's sensitive information so these privacy coins who you donate your money to is not really anyone's business yeah you know what i mean yeah so like, i i want to donate to this charity or this political party or this mm. drug dealer you yeah know. <laughs> so some people may take issue with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so privacy coins are you know they're a big deal and um they use various different techniques various very, very clever and advanced tech. What are the mains used for it? I mean, obviously, there is the me- the big one, which we kind of touched on, which is sex workers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 else? Uh, maybe this is just an indication on my mind, but I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> just, what are, what are the other? Just, you, I mean, maybe donating to uh, political parties or charities or or. I think that's a big one. Yeah, I think. It, it, it's really, I think, a privacy coin. Using a privacy coin has, you know, has as many different possible uses as there are different types of transaction. Let's face it; some people will be using it for illegal stuff. Yeah. Some people may use it to buy, I don't know, medical marijuana online or yeah. something like that, or or non-medical marijuana online. Or there are a lot of different uses for privacy coins, but I think you know, it's it, it's unique to the user. You may just you may just want you may just feel that you don't want someone to have oversight of your financial transactions. Yeah, I and I think that's entirely fair enough. So yeah, as we said, uh, Monero's XMR is is the biggest privacy coin by market cap. It's also the most well known. It's got some seriously impressive tech, which I won't even try and go into here. I think we'll do a standalone episode on. Monero. Privacy coins and Monero at some point. Um, there are other sorts of privacy uh, privacy focused cryptocurrencies that work in in slightly different ways, and most of them aren't technically coins. So again, this is something we'll look at when we cover privacy privacy focused projects, yeah. if you like, in more detail. Um, and it's also, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, worth pointing out that Dash also has some privacy features. That was one of its that was one of its attractions for a lot of people. And actually, uh, more recently, Litecoin implemented some privacy features too. Um, it had an upgrade called Mimblewimble. Oh yeah, I remember you saying yeah, Harry Potter thing. And so they can both Litecoin and Dash can be said to have a foot in the privacy bucket. But these privacy features that they got are very much opt in. So there are things you can do to make your transactions more private with Dash and LTC, but they're not true privacy coins. Mm. Um, the equivalent of hiding the keypad while removing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah that's the um, that's that's the, that's what has uh, been made possible. It's a brown envelope. <laughs> <laughs> they're brown envelope coins. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's take one quick break, and then we'll look at a couple more categories.
We are back for the third and final part of this episode, and the first category we are going to talk about here is storage coins. Okay. Storage coins. Storage coins. Now, this is a this is a this is a category. Well, I haven't made it up, but I've sort of put it together for the purposes of this episode because I think what we're the the territory we're kind of. St- Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jacob Goldstein. I used to host a show called Planet Money. Now I'm starting a new show. It's called What's Your Problem? Every week on What's Your Problem? Entrepreneurs and engineers describe the future they're going to build once they solve a few problems. How do you build a drone delivery business from scratch? Our customers, they want us to do this unbelievably reliably in the storms, no matter what, Uh hundreds of times a day. How do you turn a wild dream about a new kind of biology into a $10 billion company? We didn't have a particular technology. We didn't have a way of making money. Um, it was a great way to start a company. <laughs> I highly recommend what could, what could go wrong? <laughs> How do you sell millions of dollars worth of dog ramps for wiener dogs in the middle of a pandemic? We're working with 400 influencers, and the majority of them are actually not a person, but it's actually a dog. <laughs> I can tell you right now, the dog ramp guy has some very interesting problems. Listen to What's Your Problem on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does optimism look like? I'm on a quest to find the people who inspire us to dream more and do more. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. I talk to all sorts of people, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to a hairdresser on Instagram who gives out free haircuts to the homeless. 
From the CEOs of the world's largest companies to the comedy writer who visited the wreckage of the Titanic, I love talking to leaders, artists, authors, and eccentrics about life, leadership, purpose, mental fitness, human skills, high performance, and other curious things. It leaves me feeling wiser, more inspired, and, well, more optimistic. Because after all, this is a bit of optimism. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look for it. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello, Malcolm Gladwell here. A little while back, I became obsessed with stories that fell apart. Specifically, Hollywood projects that fell apart and why they did. So I started calling up everyone I knew in Hollywood and asked them to pitch me their favorite idea. The one broke their heart because it never got made. These stories were so good, and we decided to turn them into a series on revisionist history. We're calling it Development Hell, the dreaded phrase that no one in Hollywood ever wants to hear, the one that describes purgatory, where once promising scripts go to die. There's going to be name-dropping, celebrity gossip, endless digressions, a story that was way too shocking for the studios, one that was told from the point of view of an exotic pet. And about the wild ride we went on trying to adapt my book, Blink. I can't wait to share it all with you. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Straying into now is very much like, you know, tokens are, are, are going to be sort of more represented in the categories that we're going to start talking about. Okay. But there are still uh, a few uh, interesting projects that are coins, and a few of them fall into this bracket, basically storage cryptocurrencies. And this is a sector which is growing in popularity, and these are projects which basically aim to store data oh, okay. in a All decentralized right. manner. So it's I, was, not like I was really struggling. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> what storage so? of... I don't know. We've done the values. So yeah. It's not that storage. Storage of, like you pay for storage, like a stuff? shipping container. Yeah, <laughs> shipping container coin. Yeah, container coin. No, no. This is yeah. This is data storage. Um, in yeah, decentralized data storage. And this data can obviously be anything. It can be people's personal files. It can be company data, which is obviously quite sensitive. I mean, I suppose like how valuable data is. Yeah. This makes complete sense. Yeah. It can also be, this data can also be blockchain records themselves because you'll remember from oh, when that's, we talked that's, about blockchain. That's some inception. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're storing blockchain, blockchain data on, the blockchain. on a blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan, take note. Uh, yeah, so blockchain, when we talked about blockchain, you'll remember as each, each block contains transactional data and mm. as the blockchain goes along, more and more data is, is, is stored and is created and then stored. And for validators on a blockchain network, you know, for, for those participating in the network, they have to store a copy of this record so as they can refer back to it to make sure transactions are valid. Now, that can over time amount to quite a lot of data. So some uh, some blockchain projects, which we'll we'll talk about in a minute or so, uh, actually you know need need quite a lot of data storage. Anyhow, we'll come back to that. So decentralized data storage is a really useful resource because we know that centralized data is, is very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, you know, manipulation, theft, corruption, whatever it is. Now, here's a, an interesting example, which I found, uh, which I remember hearing about, and then I rediscovered when I was researching a particular storage project. Um, in early 2020, uh, the U.S. National Archives were discovered 
altering, they were basically caught in the act of altering an image from 2017. And what they were doing, some photos had been taken of the Women's March that took place, I think it was Washington, D.C. In, uh, in, in 2017. And what they were doing, that there were, there were placards on this Women's March. It was, a kind of, it was inspired by um, Trump uh, getting into the White House. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of these, um, a lot of these uh, marchers were holding up placards which were saying sort of things about Trump. Trump is this, Trump is that, down with Trump, etc. I don't think it was being done from a political angle, but basically staff from the US National Archives were found to be blurring out parts of the photos, that, uh, the placard parts of the photos. So it would say down with and then the name Trump was blurred out. And I think they were doing this. I think their justification was that they didn't want it to be political. You know, it wasn't it. It was a photo from this time. They didn't want they, you know, because because I guess historical. Well, yeah, exactly. This is and this is the point that was that was that was made um, in opposition to it and which they later, you know, conceded. It's like, yeah, but this is a historical moment. It doesn't matter. Okay, you know. Trump is a very divisive figure, and I guess they were maybe trying, you know, to sort of steer clear of, of, of that kind of side of it. But, yeah, I mean, this is what happened, and that, that's what those placards mm. said. So you can't, you know, you can't alter them. You can't alter history. But this alteration of history is something that's been done a lot, and actually the Soviets... Well, were, they say that the winners write history, don't they? Yeah, history's win- yeah history is written by the victors. Um, but the, the, the Soviets in, in, uh, were particularly good at this, the Russians. Um, they used to alter images a lot to remove people who'd fallen from favour. So if, you know, if so-and-so uh, had, uh, had displeased Stalin and basically met his end in a cellar. Yeah. Um, I think North Korea do that as well, don't they? Yeah, I think, yeah, almost certainly. And, you know, they, they, there are these, there are, there are these um, photos in existence whereby they, you know, they basically just blur, take someone out of it. You know, you'll see Stalin and then some, some dude next to him. And then you'll see a later photo which was published and this dude is just gone. Yeah. And it's, you know, basically written out of history. Mm. And there's a great quote from um, 1984 by George Orwell. It says, who controls the past controls the future. Yeah. And, and this goes back to what we were talking about blockchain I- in general. You know, the fact that there is no single point of failure. There is, there is no way that you can, you know, you can go to one particular place and corrupt the network from there. That's, that's one of blockchain's great strengths. Yeah. So, yeah, this idea of being able to store data de- in a decentralized manner so you have a record of the truth. Is information like what's the uh, when they have the um, Freedom of Information Act. Mm hmm. When you can just request that data, but you know, so it's it is yeah. there, and you can be and you can be confident that the data you're getting is redacted. Yeah, it has <laughs> not been has not been tampered with yeah. or altered, and um, yeah, it's 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 really you know it's more important than ever. We produce so, so what, much what, data. What are some of the uh, uh, big players in that? Okay, so there are a few storage cryptocurrencies. We've got the likes of Filecoin and uh, Seacoin, which are both been around for a few years now. The latest example, and the one that I was talking about that when I was researching and found this business with the US archives, um, Arweave, and its coin AR, um, is, uh, is, a, is, is a sort of newer project. Now, these are all, uh, these are all crypto coins. 
they all exist on their own um, blockchain. And yeah, they all do. They all do this this thing of decentralized data storage. And actually, I've been using it a lot too. Um, and also, uh, Dan, one of our researchers at the Coin Bureau, he showed he was he was showing me how he was doing it too. Like we've started storing stuff when we see an interesting article, we just store it, uh, take it straight across into our weave. And we, you know, then we can be confident that it's been stored and not tampered with. And actually what a lot of people were doing when Russia invaded Ukraine back in February, uh, they've started uploading loads of stories, loads of video, photos, other media and stuff. They've started uploading it to Arweave. So so you've got this indisputable record of what happens. And that is going to be so, so valuable when... When, you know, when the, when the time comes, come. <laughs> when the trials come, yeah, and and when you know when someone sits down to write the history, because that's that, yeah, as, that I, as I was saying, to, like I was using it in in the the sort of the blase. Oh well, this this celebrity in the UK said something that might be uh, construed as a little bit offensive. Yeah, and, but th- and that's really in the in the grand scheme of things, not that big a deal when you're talking about potential war crimes. That's when you need to have it be in in ref- unrefutable yeah like, this is what happened this is where it happened and you can't edit this because it's on yeah our weave. here is here is actual evidence that can't be yeah that can't be deleted or it can't be tampered with or anything like that you know so it's it's really important and i think as we as more and more stuff gets digitized as we live more and more of our lives online it's, it's a, storing it's it safely is propaganda proof information almost because you know yeah. you get you get so many conflicting um stories about uh videos that you see like okay well this was actually uh from 10 years ago and it's not actually what what is being said in in this in this article or in this tweet or in this whatever yeah you know like the white hats is something that you know i don't know if you've seen this there's there's a group called the white hats and there's, there's arguments whether they're, they're good or bad or whatever and it's it's just it's so confusing for someone who just wants to try and find out the truth yeah it's it's yeah. It, this is that's amazing yeah it's i i think it's going to be a real growth area of cryptocurrency it's uh yeah our weave is, is, that, is it going to be really useful to journalism yeah yeah, and a, a record that you can that you can absolutely trust that hasn't been yeah that hasn't been tampered with. It's really really important. Um, and yeah, as I say, there's Arweave, there's also Filecoin and Searcoin and stuff like that. There are uh, again um, a few more storage cryptocurrencies, but they're more they're more tokens as well. And as I say, we're just kind of we're just kind of focusing on coins here at the moment. So that's storage cryptocurrencies. Um, there is one I I want to kind of sort of wrap it up now, rather with rather than look at any other sort of category itself. Coins and tokens are starting to blur a bit together now. Uh, we're, we're at the point where the categories start to be mainly filled by tokens rather than coins, is what I mean. So again, we'll look at the massive sort of token ecosystem in the next episode. I just want to point out a couple of kind of outlying coins though that do fit into uh, that do fit into their own particular categories but those categories are more filled with tokens make sense yeah so um, the one I want to point out uh, that most people might notice especially if they take a quick look at the top cryptos by market cap is Binance coin with the ticker BNB. Now, this is the native coin of the Binance ecosystem. And Binance is most well known as the biggest crypto exchange out there. Um, And Binance itself is the fifth largest crypto by market cap. And it is used primarily to pay uh, trading fees, exchange trading fees on the Binance exchange. 
Now, interestingly, BNB actually began life as a token on Ethereum, but it was later migrated over to the Binance chain in 2019. So it is now officially a coin. It lives on its own blockchain. I didn't know you could do that. Just go, okay, cool. We'll start off here and then we'll jump to... Uh how do you set up? Uh, I've I've yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of questions, but not <laughs> not for how. How do you do yeah, that? How do you do? That? Uh, I don't know. I I'm not entirely how do you sure. Centralize that and like. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine it was something done done quickly. But yeah, Binance has recently, you know, in the past few years, it has built built the Binance chain, and it's you know, Binance is more than just a a crypto exchange. You know, it now has its own chain, a bit like Ethereum that you can build mm. you can build projects on top of, issue tokens on top of. But BNB is its native coin, and. Um, it's, uh, yeah, the same way that ETH is the native coin of Ethereum. And, uh, yeah, BNB, it does have use cases beyond actual, uh, you know, beyond paying exchange fees. And actually, Binance employees can apparently be paid in BNB. Um, and I think quite a few of them did quite well when BNB really pumped mm. a few years ago. You down with BNB? Um, yeah, I mean, you know me. You know. <laughs> quite, quite. Um, so... Uh, it, Binance coin falls into the category of exchange coins, but it's more it, most exchange coins are actually tokens. Most yeah. exchange cryptocurrencies are tokens. So that is a category we'll look at in more detail next episode. And I also want to finally mention <laughs> our good old friend Dogecoin. Yeah. And Dogecoin is, in fact, a coin. Uh, we've met it before. We know what it's all about. It's famous for being the first meme coin obviously. Um, but again, most meme coins are now tokens, though, because primarily tokens just, yeah. are easier to create. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's but, a, be a lot. But of Doge is actually its own coin. Yeah. Yeah. So which, but yeah, which, which I, I feel I've been doing Doge a disservice because I thought it was just a I'm sure many people, actually, many many in the Dogecoin community would 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 support you on that one, you know, and say that actually that kind of it elevates it to to something more than a meme. Yeah, this yeah. is what a lot of Doge people will say. It's like, no, it's actually a coin. It's yeah. not just some token that someone's rustled up overnight. No. You know, it is a genuine, you know, it is a genuine ecosystem. If you like, there is, you know, there is more to Dogecoin than meets the eye. I did a, I've done a couple of videos on Dogecoin. And and kind of comparing it with Shiba Inu, which is its sort yeah, of nearest yeah, competitor, and I mean neither of them are cryptocurrencies that I'd buy, uh, and Shiba Inu is obviously a, is, is a token, but there is I, I will say that there is actually more to them than just you know it's not just a coin. there's a lot of work to set up a coin yeah so you you it's a lot of work to just do it for a for a lol yeah it is a <laughs> <laughs> lot of work for a lol yeah yeah but then that's the internet. That yeah, I mean yeah, the the internet is just full of people with too much time on. Yes, <laughs> really should go and get a proper job. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to that brings us to the end of this episode. So I think we've we've covered cryptocurrency coins there. So next week will be yeah a, a kind of deeper dive into the into the wonderful world of cryptocurrency tokens. So but yeah, I hope that's been useful. I thought it was great. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm going to really look up um, the coin that I've already forgotten the, the name of. <laughs> <laughs> cool story. Bro. What was it called? The, the um, AR. 
AR, Arweave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have AR. a look into it. Yeah, really, really interesting project. And uh, yeah, other storage cryptocurrencies are available, yeah. of course. Uh, anyway, folks, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that and found it useful. And I hope you can join us next time for, uh, for the cryptocurrency tokens, the different categories of. See you next week. See you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Coin Bureau podcast. If you'd like to learn more about cryptocurrency, you can visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Coin Bureau. You can also go to coinbureau.com for loads more information about all things crypto. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Coin Bureau, all one word. And I'm also active on TikTok and Instagram as well. Uh, first of all, uh, it's not thank you for listening. You're welcome for great content. Yeah, like this is free. And they're learning about a fairly great topic in a non-boring way. If you'd like to visit me and hear more about me, go to Moochabout, M-O-O-C-H-A-B-O-U-T, or else. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Coin Bureau podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The world is full of magic and wonder, if you know where to look. And I'm obsessed with looking for it. I'm Simon Sinek, and I host a podcast called A Bit of Optimism. Each week, I have a short conversation with someone who inspires me or teaches me something about life, leadership, and other curious things. I hope you'll join me on the journey. Listen to a bit of optimism on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here. This season on Revisionist History, we're looking at the dreaded phrase that no one in Hollywood wants to hear. One that describes the purgatory where once promising scripts go to die. Development hell. Called up everyone I knew in Hollywood. 
and asked them to pitch me a project that broke their heart because it never got made. These stories were so good, and you can hear some of them on Revisionist History. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jacob Goldstein. I used to host Planet Money. Now I'm starting a new show. It's called What's Your Problem? Every week on What's Your Problem, entrepreneurs and engineers describe the future they're going to build once they solve a few problems. I'm talking to people trying to figure out how to do things that no one on the planet knows how to do, from creating a drone delivery business to building a car that can truly drive itself. Listen to What's Your Problem on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.